I was going through the my book, Rapturing Faith, and we started talking about experience that Elijah the prophet had in Israel when he was about to be taken away, and that experience is what we believe to be rapture. Not so. We are expecting that type of experience where we are going to be taken away in the shadow of fire. So that's why I was introducing my book, it has compiled a lot of sermons. Rapture Faith series. You can get this book on Amazon.com. Now we were talking about the story of Elijah, Elijah the prophet in Second Kings chapter two, when he was when the Bible said it was time for the Lord to take Elijah away. You have to listen to the first part to see what we talk about on some of the attributes we must have as believers to be able to go like Elijah the prophet, same way like Elijah went away. And we went from chapter 2 where God was leading Elijah step by step. We must be led step by step also to be able to go away in the rapture. Now let's go. We are now in verse 7 of 2 Kings chapter 2. Now Elijah and Elisha arrived at the river Jordan when God told him to go to Jordan. Elisha said he won't leave him. So he knew that something is about to happen. He wanted to be there to witness it. He believed that when he believed he was going to get that anointing that he desired. Only if he, if he was next to Elisha, Elijah the prophet, when, they, when he left. But the 50 men of the sons of the prophet, verse 7, went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. Like I said in that last sermon, I said, patience is necessary when you are working with the Lord. Like he did for Moses. He told Moses, come up to the mountain to receive the commandments. And when he went to the mountain, he was there for 40 days. God just made him wait there for 40 days, or 40 nights. So patience when we are working with the Lord, God will instruct you that you need patience. And you can't hurry him up. Verse 8 here, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided, hither and thither. In short, instruction came to him to divide the waters. So he divided the waters. And they went, they too went over on dry ground. That's River Jordan was divided by Elijah the prophet. Verse 9 says, And it came to pass when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. Now, this is the first time we, at least we know. As far as we can, it was recorded, the first time he was telling Elisha that where well, you'll be taken away from him. Maybe he has told him before, before they even left where they are coming from. But now he's saying, Ask whatever you want me to do for you before I am taken away from you. Which means now saying, I'm going to be taken away from you. Which Elisha already knew. The prophets that are sons of the prophets already telling Elisha, but how how is it going to happen? Nobody didn't know. They were thinking he was going to die because you see what happened after he disappeared. They thought, well, maybe the why we took him away and threw him into, into, into a mountain. Okay. Now Elijah, Elijah told him, Ask what you want me to do for you before I be taken away from you. And Elisha said unto him, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. <laughs> Elisha must have said, Well. Gee, if I'm just having a single portion, maybe I won't be able to do something. I want double portion. So that I, everything is possible. Yeah. Elijah answered, 
Verse 10. And he said, Elijah told him that thou hast asked a hard thing. <laughs> what did he say, hard thing? He's not the one going to give it. But he said, he thought he was the he got the highest. I said, well, for me to get for you to get double of what I have, I don't know. <laughs> Those are the men they have had a hard thing because you don't know how God dished this thing out. But anyway, he will answer the prayer. He said, Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So he put a condition there. So he said, Hard thing, I'm not the one that give it, you know. So. But if you see me when I'm taking me, the Lord will answer that prayer. But if you don't see me, that means it won't be so. Whatever God will give to you is now between God and you. But he has asked something. So verse 11, and it came to pass as they still went on and talked. I mean, they were now talking. Maybe Elijah, Elijah was telling him things that he knew, just like passing it down. While they were talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. And when I say a chariot of fire, that is, in their own generation, what they know as chariot is a cart that is being driven by a horse. That's, the, that's what they call chariots, because that's what they were used to in that generation of the army of Egypt and the, and the Israel army. They have chariots of iron with wheels. Those are old-fashioned in, in our generation also. But in their generation, that is what they... But when I say it's of fire, means they saw something like, look at a chariot, but instead of metallic wheels and uh, wooden, wood, wooden vehicle and a horse, physical horse driving it, he saw something like look like a traces of horses, but they are fire, fiery. Traces like look like a, a wooden a chariot, uh, what you call a, a vehicle with wheels, but he says it's like a fiery wheels. And that fire is not really physical fire that can burn things, it is the supernatural fire. But it's manifested to them like a fire. In our own generation, if God is going to manifest, or it may not manifest in the form of a chariot like we know chariot, it may manifest in the form of a vehicle, a car, because that's what we are used to. Something that is moving is a car to us, not so. Let's say it's an open car that is a car that has no top, like all these, uh, what do you call this, uh, topless cars, like all these, uh, uh, what do you call it? Some of the cars that people roll ride in, uh, only the rich people have that kind of car, that has a, no car, maybe tarpaulin cover, and then they fold the top, and they fold the top back, and it's just an open car. God can appear to any of us in that type of a car, but to us it will look like a car. That's what this is, but it will not be a physical metallic car. When God appears, it will be like a, 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 a car-looking, fiery, fiery vehicle. That will just be like radiating, burning, but it's not burning like the people who run away. People that don't, it depends on what you see also, and depends on what you are used to. Elisha saw fiery horse and fiery chariot, and he ran back, he ran aside. Elijah could have seen it in a different format. That was inviting, and he just jumped into it, or the angel carried him into that vehicle, and they were gone. While the Elisha, who was caught by surprise, saw the same fiery thing, but being seen like a fire, will make him panic and run back and run aside. Why Elijah may not see like a fiery thing? That's what I'm trying to make the difference. It depends on what God makes them to see. I'm trying to make it to see that it doesn't have to be. If Elijah was already seeing this thing coming. Coming, coming closer and closer, it will, it won't be sudden to him. But Elisha, it was sudden to him that made him to run back. That's what you see right here, and that's why he said. And it came to pass, they still went on and talked about that. Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. Elijah went up by a wild wind to heaven. So as the horses coming, it's coming right at them. So Elijah went 
this way, Elisha went this way for the horse to pass, and the angel that was going to carry Elijah already got him in the just carry him into the chariot, and the chariot instead of going forward, just go up. But Elisha now saw the chariot going up, and he saw Elijah the prophet inside the chariot, and he cried unto him to show that he saw it. And Elisha verse 12, and Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, he's calling, calling on Elijah. The chariot of Israel. And the husband of many people have wondered what does that really mean? The chariot, is he talking about this chariot he saw is the chariot of Israel? Some people thought that is what it meant. He was trying to tell Elijah to remember us. That's what he's saying. Remember us. Because you see the same expression spoken by the king in the days of Elijah. When Elisha was about to die, the king that was then was very friendly to Elisha, like his son. And he came to weep over Elisha who was then very sick and about to die. And what he was telling Elisha was, Oh, my father, remember us, the chariot of Israel. What he meant was, what that king meant was that, remember all our soldiers, because Elisha was like a rock for them, a warrior for them in the spirit, spiritual warrior for them. Because Elisha was telling them, the Syrian army is coming this way, don't go there. And Elisha was able to arrest the Syrian army when they came against Elisha. And so they were depending on the prayers of Elisha the prophet. Now Elisha is about to die. So the king of Israel then, who was one of the sons or grandson of son of Ahab, was crying upon the face of Elisha and said, oh, remember the chariot of Israel. When he said, when he said the chariot of Israel, remember our soldiers. That's what he meant. Remember your, your power have been defending our soldiers. So remember the chariot of what are you going to give to us before you die? That's what you meant. And that's the same thing Elisha was using for Elijah here. He said, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, remember the chariot of Israel. And the horsemen there, that is, remember the soldiers. You have to defend them spiritually, you know, so that's what he said. And all Elijah could do was to throw down his mantle. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and ran them into it. It looked like I didn't get anything. That's what he first thought. That's why he rent his own clothes into two pieces. That's what he thought. That's what he felt to Elisha when he said, Shout out of Israel, you spend there off, and he didn't get anything. She and they, because at that time he didn't see him anymore, the shadow just disappeared into thin air. So he, then he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back. He was now going back by himself, but he saw the cloth of Elijah that he used. Now Elijah, when he was about to divide the river Jordan, he took his mantle. His mantle is just something you cover yourself with. You folded it and whip it to upon the water. You know, of course, the mantle will be wet. And then they went away, he didn't throw it down. So he just held it up. But when, the, when Elijah, Elijah went up, he just threw the wet cloth down on the floor and so Elisha saw that wet cloth he just picked it up because it was what was left of Elijah the prophet but see what he saw the experience he saw has given him some boldness and confidence gee oh god look at that he saw it go away he saw him go away but now what about what I asked for it's now oh my god when he got to give River Jordan he came back now by himself and he got to the River Jordan the vagina that was divided was now gone back together. So the faith that he has experienced, he has got, just gave him the body and the fear and said, Where is this God of Elijah that divided the river for us? So he just, that's what you see in the next verse. Verse 14. He took, up, he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. So when he got to the bank of Jordan, he was saying, what am I going to do? Maybe the Holy Ghost now talked to him. You, you can divide also. 
and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I mean, Elijah could go away, but the Lord God of Elijah has not gone anywhere. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that is the faith that God wants us to have. Elijah went away, but the Lord God of Elijah has not gone anywhere. He's still right here on, on planet Earth with us because he's in you, he's in you, he's in me. And we have to believe that also and walk with him the same faith. The Lord Jesus Christ said he's, he's in us even to the end of the age. So you one can't say, well, this thing happened over there, that thing happened over there, this prophet, this, this prophet, that is dead right now. People that if when people are depending on prophets, you are going to be disappointed. Don't depend on prophets. The prophets, the teachers, the apostles, even the main teacher, all of we are to build the body of Christ. You are to learn from all these prophets. And when you learn from them, you are to use what they are teaching us. And then practice it. The prophet can be taken away, the prophet can fall. The evangelist can be taken away. Evangelist can fall from grace. But the Lord God of those prophets has not gone anywhere. That's what God wants us to start. Elisha is telling us that. God has not gone anywhere. If he is in you, believe it. If Christ is in you, believe it. If you are in Christ, stand with him. And that's what the Lord wants us to know. That where is the Lord God of Elijah? Is what Elisha was asking. And he smote the same, the river Jordan with the same cloth. And the river divided also. And he just went across it. It's the same boldness and faith because the God of Elijah has not gone away. He's still right here with Elisha. So that is exactly what God wants us to know that he is here. With us. I remember this testimony. I have given this testimony sometime in my, in my church. I, when I was many years ago, when my, 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 one of my daughters, the second, my, the second daughter was like a three-year-old, three-year-old or something like that. And he was coughing and, and this daughter is now married and with children. When I'm talking of 1980, 1989, or 1990, no, 1992, 1991. We are enjoying his sermon, his type of preaching that he preaches prophecies, prophecies. And he was like a prophet and he prayed for the sick every time. So, we know, during those days, this is my little daughter, one of my daughters, because I, have, I had five, four, four daughters. But she was the second one then, she was just three years old then. And she was coughing, coughing. I could pray over her because that's what we normally do. We pray over her, that the coughing didn't stop. We lay a hand upon her, the coughing didn't stop. And it was like Saturday morning, on Saturday, and she will be coughing in her room like this. I will be hearing it in the living room. She just cough. That makes me say, oh, like, come the devil to depart. I look like this devil is not yielding. So I decided, that, well, let me go to the pastor, pastor's house, which is about, about half a mile from my house. That's where the church was. And the pastorage was still there. So I, I, was, I decided to go there and knock on the door. It was a Saturday, so there was no church. But I wanted to go knock on the pastorage door. And asked them to pray for my daughter that was having a boot of cough. So I drove my car there, ring the doorbell, and the son of the pastor, one of the younger son, opened the door and I said, Can you tell Pastor Frisbee to please pay for my pray for my daughter? She's coughing so hardly. So okay, so the man went inside and I went back home. And look like that went away that weekend. About two months later, the same type of thing reoccurred. But God was trying to teach me a lesson that make me to be saying we are not to depend on men or prophets. God is making those prophets to teach us 
teachers to teachers. I'm teaching of you now how to exercise your faith. That is how we also learn it. But God made me to learn a lesson that day. Because the second time listening of college was about two months later, the same girl, the same coughing started again. And she was coughing and prayed and laid her upon because that's how we normally do. If I am the one, I will lay upon myself and within a few minutes the cough will disappear or whatever it is. And that's what we do for all our children to pray and believe in God. And it happened. But this time, this thing refused to bulge. It was Saturday again. So I told myself, well, she better go again to this pastor, Frisbee, to, to, to send in a prayer request for my daughter. And I was about to take my car key when the Lord just spoke to me and said, Why do you keep going to Evangelist me, Frisbee? I am right here. I mean, I heard the voice of the Lord clear to me. As if he was right there in the room, in the in the living room with me. I'm not. I, I was planning. I was not. Tell, nobody was there with me. I was not telling my wife, my wife, that I will be going to the pastor. Which you know, actually, my wife was maybe in the backyard, and I was just planning that well, I better go again because I went two months ago, and the, I believe the pastor prayed. I didn't see him pray, but his son took the request, and by the time I came back on that first one, the the girl that was coughing was too much coughing. So this time again, I've prayed for almost all night for her, laid my hand upon her, and kept coming. Not just something that happened for five minutes. Maybe it has been happening since Friday, and I've been praying over her, and that cough seems like it's going to tear somebody's lungs. It was so serious. So Saturday after, I said, well, I better go. Then the Lord spoke, like I said, in the room where I was saying, I heard the voice of the Lord say, why do you keep going to Evangelist Nefis? I'm right here. Oh, I said, Lord. Then I prayed. Then, Lord, do it, Lord. So I dropped my key. Instead of going, I just dropped my key, Lord, I've already prayed, I've commanded this thing to go, why is it refused to go? Do it, Lord. And I stopped going to, I decided I won't go to Pastor Frisby. Immediately I did that, I responded to the voice that spoke, I said, oh, Lord, okay, Lord, you're afraid, I've already had my prayer. Let this torment cease from this game. And I dropped my key and sat down on the couch. Immediately, immediately, this little girl just came out, almost as like the Lord told the little girl, three-year-old girl. She just came out of her room and said, Daddy, the cough is gone. You now then can tell that the Lord was using that to test me. Because the, 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 the girl would have come to tell me that unless the Lord told the girl, go and tell your daddy that the cough is gone. So the girl just came out of her room and come to me in the living room and said, Daddy, the cough is gone. I said, oh, praise God. But I remember that the voice of the Lord took me that, why do you keep going to evangelism? I am right here. And from that day forward, I say, we are not to depend on evangelist prophets. They are to teach us. And we are to exercise what we have learned. And God is there with you. God is there with that evangelist. God is there with that young boy. All our little ones, we are teaching them the same thing. Don't say, I have to go to my dad to pray for me. God, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, this signs shall follow them that believe, including you that believe. And that is really what the Lord was telling us, teaching us by all these things that we are trying to exhort one another. Praise the Lord. So let's continue with this story. Elisha, like we said, Elijah the prophet now smote the river and the Vajola divided also because he was saying, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? His feet has risen up, risen up to the level that he was now bold to believe anything that what he saw, God is not gone. God is right here with us. Hallelujah. Praise God. God didn't go away with Elijah. God was right there with Elisha. Verse 15 now, let's see what these other church members think about this. They didn't see Elijah when he went away, but they saw some wind and dust blowing at a distance. 
And then what they saw next was Elisha coming back by himself. Verse 15. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. When they saw him divide the river also and came on dry ground, now they knew that some anointing has come, has, has come upon Elisha also. Now they, are, they were now going to show their unbelief in verse 16. And they said unto him, Behold, now they are be with thy servants. Fifty strong men, let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Lest peradventure the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not sin. Now, that is a funny thing that was recorded for us the way it happened. These men, they just knew that Elisha, something was going to happen to Elijah the prophet. They didn't know how he was going to be taken away because they assumed that he was going to die. Because this has never, if they knew anything happened like that before, it has never happened before in history. They may have heard the story of Enoch, but they didn't know how Enoch went away. Like many of us don't know how Enoch went, we just knew that God took him. Now Elijah the prophet, Elijah the prophet was the first one in that dispensation, or since then, since Enoch, which was, Enoch was about 3,000 years before Elisha, perhaps, or 2,000 years before Elisha, before Elijah. And uh, so they are, they are not familiar with this thing. Now we have at least two experiences that are recorded for us in the Bible that they went away, so which you have enough, enough witness to believe God. Not only that, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he resurrected, he went you up also. So we have enough faith to believe God. Not only that, we have said even the Philip, the evangelist, God took him away, took him out of the place and dropped him somewhere else, many miles apart. So we know that we have enough evidence to say God can do and is doing this and he will do it for this soul. And in the last time, this is what the Bible says is going to happen to many of believers. So all of those are like examples God was giving, has been giving to us in the Bible. Examples. Almost like what you say, a fortress, or what you say, when we, uh, we call it prototype of what God will do. And here is in the first Thessalonians, what God was revealing to uh, 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 Apostle Paul about what he will do in the end time for the body of Christ. Because this doesn't look like just some few people or one or two. This is what Apostle Paul wrote in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And he said it is everybody, according to this, this is what he said. Verse 13, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. This is Apostle Paul telling us about the rapture. Many people say there is no rapture in the Bible. This is what we mean by the rapture. Rapture means taken away, rapture, translated. And this is the experience that we saw Elijah had that I have just, just described. And now this is what uh, Apostle Paul was describing, see, when he started from verse 13. But I will not have you to be ignorant in brethren concerning them which are asleep, those who are dead in physically, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Those who are dead physically and they are in the graves, but they are dead in Christ, he said, God will bring them back. And this is what he was saying, verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we, as we human beings, which are alive, we believers in Christ, we shall alive and remain unto the coming of God. Remain is a loaded word. means we have to remain in Christ. Born again, still faithful to the Lord, remain in Christ. Those who are alive and remain in Christ because there will be persecution during this time. And he, Apostle Paul, he also knew there will be persecution during their own time too. So he was thinking the persecution during their time is what will be preceding this rapture. Many of them thought the rapture would take place in their time. That's why he said we, including himself. 
but we know he he has been there for almost 2000 years now so but he was still saying the same thing and we believe it's still going to happen and it's going to happen in our generation we believe and he said we are we that remain we, there will be persecution in these last days also antichrist system going to persecute the world and only the believers that believe this bible will be resisting the antichrist and the antichrist will be persecuting them the bible says many will be killed many will be arrested because they refuse to take the mark of the beast that is coming it's coming folks but he said we that remain as is standing faithful he that endure to the end the same shall be saved what the bible says and that's what apostle Paul was referring to when he said we that which we shall alive and remain unto the coming of the lord shall not prevent them which shall sleep for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god and the dead in christ shall arise first that is the dead in christ are the ones that are going to first come out then we we shall alive and remain in pages we are alive and remain remain in christ because some could have been killed by the antichrist come some could have been in prison and they, they died but some are still standing firm whether in prison whether in jungles they are still standing firm refusing to bow to the antichrist refusing to take the mark that's meaning they remain in christ that means they are still alive some could have been killed by the antichrist by being beheaded or something like that is going on but those are remain that till that time christ is going to come we suddenly disappear when god called them and the dead in christ will have arisen first and that's what he's talking about. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. In the clouds, physical clouds that we see. Be a physical cloud that we take up, take us up. To meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is the rapture of hope. That is what we are preaching. That is what the Bible says. But preparation to this is what we have been talking about. That Elijah has a mindset. You could hear from the Lord. We must come to the level where we are hearing from the Lord. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the source of God. And we have to remain in Christ because there is going to be a serious pressure at the same time. We have more, nobody can buy or sell unless they take the mark of the beast, which could be the sheep under the skin or they could put up on their forehead. And there have been so many things that have been revealed that this technology of the world is, is already set up for that. And the Bible said in Revelation chapter 14, nobody should take the mark if they are not good. And anyone that, that belongs to Christ should not take the mark of the beast. Because it's a mark of agreement with Satan, mark of worshiping your, your belly as your God. And the Bible says that God is going to write his own name upon our forehead. Not the, the devil wanted to write his own, or his own evil number upon the forehead of people or in their hand. But anyone that accepts the mark of the beast is going to go to the wrath of God. That's what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 14. Go and read it here. Now, we that are expecting the Lord, we may be going through those particular times, but suddenly the Lord will come and take his own away. We believe it's soon. So prepare your heart and the Lord bless your heart. We'll continue this in the next broadcast. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, Precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In, in other words, we can say, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just a one time shot. You must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.